0: You're listening to Unlocking Our Sound Heritage and Folklore and Superstitions, brought to you by Manx National Heritage, the charity responsible for the Isle of Man's natural and cultural heritage. The sound recordings you'll hear today and throughout this series on Manx Radio are part of a unique collection of around 600 sound recordings, digitised from the Manx National Heritage Sound Archive and available now online for the first time. The team at Manx National Heritage hope you enjoy eavesdropping on the voice clips we've chosen from the Nations Sound Archive, all of which can be listened to in full at imuseum.im.
1: The Isle of Man's culture is rich with folklore and what some people might call superstition. Let's listen to The Garretts of Grenaby, interviewed by Manx Radio in the 20th century as they talk about a number of superstitions, including how unlucky it is to cut down a trammond tree.
2: Well, uh, George Quill in his book had a theory about this, didn't he, that uh, there, was something, there was something growing on the, on the grain, on the wheat at the time, that was, uh, sort of gave oh, them hallucinations. I, that, that's right, the smote. Ah. smote. Smote, we call it smote. Mm. And that... Uh, well, have, I've you ever, have you ever had hallucinations, No, Tom? no, no, <laughs> only when I've had ill. Any other superstitions? Well, you not superstitious at all. No, 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 no. Well, what? Why? Well, there's no reason, you know. No, uh, mm. oh, no, I was never uh, I didn't mind walking under a ladder. But <laughs> I remember people, well, my grandfather especially up there, some of the uncles, they wouldn't start to do nothing on a Friday. Uh, like sowing corn or sowing turnips they start on Thursday night and just do a few ridges so they'd be ready for Friday. Mm. But they wouldn't start a new job on the Friday because uh, it, it it one time it was hangman's day, so they wouldn't... Hangman's day? Uh, it was hangman's day, it was a Friday, so they wouldn't, oh. they wouldn't do nothing on a Friday. Nothing. You know, and not no new job, they do the jobs they were doing now. Wouldn't start anything fresh? No, no, wouldn't start anything fresh on a Friday. What about the Friday the 13th, then? Was that even worse, was it? Well, know, that, that didn't they seem to count. <laughs> what, they couldn't, what? They couldn't count, you see. <laughs> 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 are there, are, are, were there any other superstitions, Howard, that you remember?
3: Well, I remember when, when we lived in the village once, uh, just after we were married, and my wife complained about uh, uh, flies getting on the nappies dirty in the nappies and the, she said they were coming off a tree. So I said i make short work of that. I went in got the saw and cut it up and fell and cut it up for firewood. And the, the next day I went home she said there was some old for looking over the hedge and he said that my son girl have done a bad job there cutting the tree down. You, you should never have done that. You should never cut a tremendous tree down.
2: Oh, right, yes. Always pull it or oh. break
3: it or do something, but never. You'll have bad luck now, he said. Uh-huh. And by the way, he was right. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of that?
2: Get a stick and knock hell out of it.
3: Yeah? The and tree. Oh.
2: Why? Oh, Why? Yeah, it's a strange thing about the tremendous tree, isn't it, really?
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. And here's George Quayle, interviewed in 1970, talking about the connection between tremendous trees and fairies.
4: Now, we lived. Best part of our life in Glen and it's uh, certainly a lovely glen. And uh, out toward the upper end is a place known as the Bellagoram. It really means uh, the blue tree. It's a cavity in the glen, and uh, of course the Thrammen trees too were uh, always the favourite trees of the fairies. And uh, different people at uh, earlier times have been uh, disputing where the Bellagoram was but uh, we can go back for a long, long time. I think it was uh, a man called Brotherton Lawton who wrote some poetry and all too, wrote a book on the island, and he mentions in one of his things, uh, where the fays of Glentrammen were fearfully screaming and weaving their spells around the old billyagarum. Well, that's come back, of course, to the 1830s. And uh, it was here that uh, the Bilya was supposed to be uh, where the origin of the fanadri F- 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 uh, the fairies were having uh, the harvest festival at Glenrushen and the fairy prince was missing and when they went to look for him they found him with a mortal girl up our Glen at, uh, toward the Billigorm, and they were so disgusted that he was turned into the Herry for dodgery, doomed to swing by himself in the Thramond trees well he was uh, isolated from the rest of the pack and all that kind of thing but he was always a good fairy he he did things for people, he thrashed the corn, and mm-hmm. plucked the geese, gathered in the sheep and everything else. And uh, uh, he got uh, probably blamed for quite lots of things, but uh, he certainly was, uh, even at the present time, uh, looked upon by some of the people as uh, a good fairy. And when things are done that people don't understand how they got done, they think that the for finagery had a hand in the business.
1: Let's listen to Mr and Mrs Comish from Grenobey, interviewed in the 20th century, as they talk about a helpful Fenodry and keeping the fairies happy.
5: Well, what was your story you are going to tell us? About the uh, finaudry coming round one very, very stormy night, and he called to the farmer, you can lie too, I've got all your sheep in, they're all safe but there was one little lochthin I had to chase her three times round Barul before I got her and in the morning when the man went out he had a hare in with the sheep that was the little loch then that he had to chase <laughs> round the mountain <laughs> that was in a snowstorm was it? that was in snowstorm, yes but the finaudry was the good fairy but I've heard my mother Say that when I was a baby, my great grandmother was alive. Then they wouldn't all go out of the house without putting a pair of trousers, or else the tongs across the cradle. That the fairies wouldn't, the fairies wouldn't come to take the child if there was a pair of steel tongs or a pair of men's trousers on the cradle. Because in the days, they were supposed to take the yes exchange the babies away and leave a changeling. Yes. So I've heard, I I couldn't say that that's true, (coughs) but uh, that was the general practice, apparently. Mm. Apparently. They were believing in in
3: the changing of the children. Yes, and uh, I understood that you mustn't, if they had been changed, you mustn't interfere.
1: This was the
3: thing? Yes, you must leave. What they'd left in the pram... In the cradle it would be? They did, well, yes, in the cradle. Well, he'd come back again. He wouldn't leave their own too long if it wasn't taken out of the, whatever the, it was in. And it was, they said that it was cried in the night that the fairy would come and rectify it again, and change over again. And
5: that was how they got it back? Yes many people believe in this actually in your time? Not in no, our no, time. not so much, I don't think. But our, our great-grandparents
6: did. Mrs Comish now tells us about her grandmother's belief in fairies and the more they do.
5: But my grandmother did believe in fairies a bit, and uh, the more they do, the more they do was travelling up the down with chains on them. And uh, at one time, there was two girls from Bellarobin and two girls from Bally Gilbert. They had been visiting each other and they stood on opposite sides. And I think it was the Bally Gilbert girls that heard something and ran. And the Bally Gilbert girls didn't hear anything at all. That was when my grandmother was young. But my grandfather never believed in fairies at all. Although he was old and had lived through all that, he, always thought whatever sounds the worst, there must be a cause. And he's uh, talked about going down to the mill at Grenaby to thrash. They put the corn down and perhaps the miller wouldn't have time to thrash. They were going down at night to do the thrashing. And one night when he was going down past here, he heard chains clanking too. But it was uh, Tommy Madrills or Johnny Madrills, I don't know, sow with a blanket on it. <laughs> so he thought that um, if anybody else would have heard it, it would have been a fairy and I've heard my grandmother on my father's side talk about working in a farm down here at Grenaby and there was a horse sick and uh, the boss, Mr. Cool, said uh, well you'll have to go to the Three Roads and sweep." Well it would be, yes, Three Roads <laughs> the three roads in Grenaby and she had to take a brush with her and a shovel. So she carried the dust home in a brat and threw it on the horse and the horse got better. So they got the dust of the, whoever was whoever was harming the horse, they got the dust, but whether that's the way that, what that cured the horse or not, I don't know.
6: Staying in Grenaby, we're back with the Gabbots, who talk about some strange occurrences on a farm. Well, what about
2: superstitions then? Because uh, there are a lot of them around the Isle of Man. Uh, were there any on the farms?
3: Well, uh, I think there's a few around Granby. <laughs> the fairies. Oh, yeah. I remember when I used to come home from school, there was an old fellow down here at the bottom sitting, and he says that uh, he was caught by the fairies. I have took, he said, by the fairies one day when he was a young fella. And they were all dancing around me, he said. And I was there, frightened of a rat, he said. And, uh, and I said to him, how did you get on? the He said he peed on them. And they all ran. <laughs> 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 and they all ran away. <laughs> and they all ran down on the trees. <laughs> <laughs> I son, he said that shift. <laughs>
2: I think he was having you on,
3: wasn't he? I don't know. No, they were seeing things those days,
2: weren't they? Why were they then?
7: Johnny well, bigfoot was down there wasn't he oh, i
2: don't oh, know just a minute just a minute johnny bigfoot who's that i don't know who he was
5: so he'll tell you who was johnny bigfoot i don't know who he was <laughs> <laughs>
2: he was, was uh, uh, it, it, he was supposed to be walking up and down grannyby hill here at night jackie squarefoot he was jackie square <laughs> ah, jackie squarefoot uh the old people reckon he had feet about two foot long you know and uh, he used to he used to be about here at night but I'd I never seen him. There's a fella called Bigfoot in America. Maybe, maybe he's gone over oh, there. <laughs> maybe the a son of his to went out to America, <laughs> you know. But uh, that's fly, he was about here. He used to legend round here. Like, uh, when we were kids, so all the old people would tell you about uh, Jackie Square, was, but some of them had seen him, I think. Was this, this, this to frighten you, was it? Well, I don't know what, was, but they actually thought they'd seen him. Uh-huh. I don't know.
6: We'll now be hearing from Tom Dodd. Interviewed in 1950, who tells the tale of a weaver and the king of the fairies? Can you tell
8: the tale of the weaver's beam?
9: Oh, the, the, the weaver's beam, yes, I remember. I, I remember the late uh, Caesar Cashin telling the story of the, of the weaver's beam, the old pither, that's what the Manx people called the weaver. Uh, lived out in uh, on the road uh, to to Glen Russian, the road going off Glen May, you know, out to to Glen Russian. and uh, he was very friendly with the with the king of the fairies in that district. In those days, if you don't happen to know it, there were many fairies in the Isle of Man, and uh, they didn't all belong to, to the same. Uh, coterie, there were various classes and uh, or various tribes and they were quite friendly and uh, they were in the habit of visiting one another so one night the, the weaver was sitting uh, by his fireside and there was a knock at the door and when he answered it there was the king of the fairies seated on a big white horse and behind him all the other fairies on horseback too so the king said to the weaver, come on, he said, we're going down to Kirkmickle to visit the fairies there tonight. And the weaver said, I can't go, he said, I, I haven't got a horse, he said. Oh, don't talk like that, says the weaver, says the, uh, the, the king of the fairies to him. Fetch your weaver's beam out, he said. And what far, says the old weaver, that's dreadful heavy. "'Never mind the fire, you fetch it out here.' "'So the waver brought the beam out, "'now cock your leg over at says the kingdom.' "'And as soon as he did that, "'lo and behold, he was on as good a horse as any of them. "'And off they set them for Kirkmickle, "'down through Glenmay, past Patrick, "'into Peel, and along the shore road from Peel, ...in the direction of Kirkmickle. And when they got to the Glyodden Kem... ...you know that place... ...where it makes a big uh, circle round... ...the waver was astounded... ...to see all the horses in front of him, ...with their riders... jump clean across the chasm... ...instead of going round. And he wondered what on earth was going to happen to him. And when he got up to the chasm bless me, if he's, his horse didn't jump it as well as any of them. And the weaver was so astounded that he ejaculated, My God, what a jumper a beam. And by using the sacred name, the spell was broken, and there he was at Kem, several miles away from Glen Russian astride of a big block of timber.
0: From fairies to witches, let's listen to David Collister, who, as a manxman, doesn't believe in arguing with legend.
10: Well, we used to go up slow, and... What they call today skateboards
0: <laughs>
10: yeah. to us was just a plank with a rope on the front <laughs> and we drag it up the top of the hill and s- lie on it and slide down the hill
8: yeah.
10: and the uh, story had it that there were two ladies tried in the courthouse here this again could marry up with the story of the building and being a courthouse they were tried in the courthouse and found to be witch witchery witches mm. so they were taken up to Sloan, put into barrels and rolled down the hill. And when they hit the hedge at the bottom where we used to stop, they were taken out dead and buried there. And today there are two thorn bushes there where the burials were. Now whether this is just legend or story, I have no proof, but it was always told. As we were children, we were So not, told you
2: don't know whether to believe it or not?
10: I'm not arguing, no. <laughs> I'm a manxman, I don't argue with legend. I get on with it. The lure.
0: and now a ghostly story about Strand Street from Mrs McIntyre interviewed in the 20th century This is the story
7: about the, the, the ghost, the, the ghost. Mm. Mm. I was coming over Strand Street and it was about 10 o'clock at night a very beautiful bright moonlight night and uh, I happened to look towards the door and I saw a woman standing there Unusual, very unusual-looking woman. I knew it wasn't natural, so I. Did you actually see sort of see her face? Oh yes, and her hair brushed back tight on, oh, you know, like the old people used to do, and uh and the dark brown tight-fitting bodice fitted into the waist, and she was looking like that as though she was. Stiff like that, looking up toward the chimneys opposite, the houses opposite. I felt my head going right up like right that. So I went into a friend's house, and um, she was at the door waiting for me to come in. And because I'd been in just before, and she said, um, "Is anything the matter?" She saw by my face I was frightened, and I said, "I saw a woman standing over there in that doorway," and she ran out at once, and wasn't she couldn't have got out of sight either side of the street in the time. She didn't see anything. So I asked two, three people, old people whom I knew if they'd ever heard about anything like that. And they'd all heard about it. And they wondered that I had seen it. And one day I was coming over, one afternoon was coming over the street afterwards and I met a person there and she said, Is it true you saw the woman in that back door? And I said, yes. And she said, uh, my mother saw it when she was a very little girl. She said, they were living opposite. And uh, she was sent out for a message one night. She said, and uh, when she got up the steps from her own house, she said she saw that and she ran back screaming in the house. And she went from one fit into another and thought she'd never have lived, she said. Her mother didn't. She was so frightened. So then I, I met, I was speaking to an old man. Who'd been read with his grandmother down on Queen Street, and he'd heard her speak about it, and he told me that uh, there was a man had lived in that house, and his wife was bad to take drink, and he used to get his living by selling potatoes going into Douglas with cart loads of potatoes in the winter time, and f- herrings in the summer, and one day. There was no herrings in early in the morning and he wanted to do some other job and he asked his wife to give us some money to go and get some corn for his horse. He hadn't time to go himself. And uh, when he'd come back, he said, he would uh, go to the quay again. When he came back, the woman had been out to get the corn but she didn't get any corn, she had got drink. And she was at the bottom of the stairs, the worst for drink. And he took something killed her. And she was at the back door and all, of she'd come, they said it was only on a Wednesday night, about 10 o'clock, she'd seen and it was Wednesday night and 10 o'clock, I saw that mm-hmm. wasn't that strange? Mm, it was, and that's when it happened then. That's when it happened. Mm-hmm. And when I came home here then, my sister was here, and all the rest of the family had gone to bed, and she'd wondered where I was. And the person that I'd gone to see came up here with me. So she said, where in the world have you been when I came in here? And I said, I'd had an awful fright. And she said, your face looks like it. What's the matter? So I told her, yeah, and she said, and were you frightened? Frightened? I said, I, I didn't know what to do with myself,
1: I was so frightened. Mr Kelly of Garwick recorded his memories in 1991. First, let's hear a tale of an unusual transformation.
8: Another instance I can give you of uh, animal instinct? Well, my father and I were out hunting. I was in the nipper, of course, up round by Horner's quarry. Well, the dog, or rather a bitch it was, and my grandfather, was a bitch named Kate, a good hunting dog, put a hair up, suddenly. Well, my father took a snapshot out, and fluff come off the hair's leg, but it carried on. And strange it may seem, the dog didn't go after it, she just sat down, which was well away from her usual instinct. Of course, my father and I ran round together after it, to see if we'd you know, catch up with it, or if we'd wounded it badly. We got round by Honus Perk there, and we met a woman coming toward us. A certain woman, I don't mention names, of course, who had a reputation of having the evil eye, and uh, her leg was all bleeding. My father asked her what had happened. She said she caught on some barbed wire. Well, I don't suppose it was barbed wire within a mile and a half radius of where we were, What the dog cowered behind us while we were talking to this woman so what did that dog know you tell me i can't tell you the one thing i can tell you for certain is that my father never lifted a gun to a hair in his life after that
1: next mr kelly talks about a woman who supposedly had the evil eye
8: there was another certain woman she lived on baldrine hill who was supposed to have the evil eye and I know she used to come down to Galway Beach at low water to gather flitters and uh, winkles, or flitters. To English people are limpets off the rocks. Now my grandfather would never put the boat to sea, no matter if the pots could rot in the in the sea or the nets could stop where they were. He would never put the boat to sea till the tide had flowed over where she'd been. Oh no, never. And I don't know she, she may kind of evil eye on to me because uh, even when I was almost grown up. Oh, 1617 region, I had a little cotton, 1923 model, quite a fast little job, nice little thing, very proud of it, you know, but if I passed her on Baldrion Hill, of course it might have been coincidence, but before I'd gone less than a mile, I'd have something wrong, mag time and gone, broken chain, a puncture, of course it could, as I say, all have been coincidence, but I've seen me coming along by garage stores there, and I've seen her on the hill, and I've turned the bike up the old Clovenstone Road to go home. I suppose uh, superstition is inherent, but I used to think she carried the evil eye onto me after my grandfather was gone.
1: Finally, back with the Garrets of Grenaby, who prove that not everyone on the Isle of Man is superstitious after all.
2: And we've been talking, among other things, about superstitions. And by tradition, rats are known as long tails by the seamen in the island, and have been... Uh, as long as I can remember, certainly. But not, it seems, the farmers. I asked George Garrett if, on the farms, they would uh, really be terribly bothered about using rat instead of long tail. No, 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 the, the rats as a rat. Uh, what else can you? Long tail. Oh, well, anything could be a long tail. <laughs> <laughs> not only a rat has got a long tail, you know. <laughs> What? You're not, there? you? Are you superstitious? No, but everybody else seems to be. Oh well, that's all right then. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, have you ever called them long tails, son? No. Oh.
3: Call them with their proper name. Aye. Oh, that's all we ever called them, wasn't it? Rats. Yes,
2: yes. But they were a big problem on the farms, weren't
3: they. They were once. But uh, the the fourpence a tail or the twopence a tail it was, wasn't it? Oh,
2: yes.
3: Yeah. And fourpence yeah. for the she one.
6: <laughs> Thanks for listening to Folklore and Superstitions. Join us in December for more episodes, or in the meantime, listen again on the podcast available on the Manx Radio website. You can visit imuseum.im and click on Unlocking Our Sound Heritage to listen to these and many, many more sound recordings from the Manx National Heritage Sound Archive. To find out more about the charity Manx National Heritage, and how you can support us, visit our website, manxnationalheritage.im or join us on Facebook.